On this week's episode, we welcome Bruce Fine. Bruce Fine, um, welcome to our broadcast. It's always a pleasure having you join us. You know, um, the latter part of last week, the Supreme Court began hearing oral arguments in two cases challenging the Biden administration's COVID vaccination and testing requirements for private businesses and healthcare workers. You had a chance to listen to those oral arguments on Friday. Many say there was much skepticism. Um, you know, and President Biden has issued the mandates before um, the first detection of Omicron uh, variant, which has since spurred record infection rates nationwide. But the Supreme Court, in their oral arguments, made it clear as to whether or not OSHA had the federal authority to sort of mandate such on businesses with 100 or more employees. Your thoughts? Just for the audience, Armstrong, uh, there were two cases, companion cases. One concerned whether or not uh, the federal government could mandate for hospitals and health institutions receiving federal funds that as a condition they satisfy certain uh, requirements that they think are important to prevent uh, the spread of COVID-19, uh, including vaccinations and masks. The second one was the one you're addressing in the opening, namely whether in the workplace uh, institutions that have not received any federal funds. Uh, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration under a very vaguely written statute has authority on a temporary basis uh, to order that employers with 100 or more employees uh, require that their workers be vaccinated or have something the equivalent and wear masks. The court indicated, I believe, great skepticism with regard to the latter issue of the OSHA authority. I, my own interpretation from the questioning is that uh, we probably have a majority believe that the government has the right to tell uh, states or institutions who receive federal money, if you want to receive our money, you do what we would ask you to do. If you don't want the money, you can do what you want. So we may get a split decision. The members were also, I think, concerned about speed. Uh, and I think we'll come down with a ruling very shortly, perhaps as early as this week, uh, but probably next week. I would uh, suggest uh, to the audience also that I think it's worthwhile to listen to the arguments that are now provided audio. Uh, it is a model of civilized discourse. I think it will be very difficult for a listener to say this is a Democratic question, this is a Republican question. Uh, they're all based upon legal theories, uh, all reasonable arguments to be made, uh, and it's quite a contrast to what you get out of Capitol Hill. But I think it will inspire confidence in the viewer, the listener, uh, that this is this is not a partisan uh, issue. Uh, when you're interpreting law, uh, it's based upon theories and reasonable people disagreeing on uh, what the evidence shows, but it's not based upon a Republican or Democratic vote. I say to you that the court was scheduled to return on January 10th and decided to hear um, this case on January the 7th. Does it tell you the urgency of um, the request by the Biden administration and its solicitor before the Supreme Court? And does it also tell you how quickly do you think that we will get an answer from the Supreme Court on this important issue? Well, certainly uh, the speed, the expedited nature of the hearing does underscore the importance of the issue. 
Uh, it's not unique to this case. We had expedited hearings even in the summer, the Pentagon Papers, the Nixon tapes case earlier on with Harry Truman's seizure of the steel mills. Whenever you have a presidential policy at stake, uh, the U.S. Supreme Court usually uh, grants the courtesy to a co-equal branch to give a have its say before you know time could render the issue moot. Uh, and I do believe, uh, based upon uh, the statistics and the uh, the, the climbing uh, a contagion of the new variant, uh, had indicated in the questions that all the justices were sensitive to the need to come up with a ruling or rulings because we have a pair of cases uh, quickly. And I said before. Anywhere's between even this week or 10 days, I think, is the the outlier uh, days before we'll come down with real rulings. I was um, struck by the fact that the National Federation of Independence, uh, Independent Business Attorney Scott Keller was just grilled by the three liberal justices, um, Bruce, who at times sounded almost incredulous about the proposals to halt the workplace health precautions while COVID cases in their mind continue to surge to new heights. Well, that's always true. But remember, this issue is about separation of powers. Did Congress authorize the executive branch to make this decision? Uh, and it's not about whether the problem is a, a severe one, but it's who's supposed to decide that question. Uh, and remember as well, uh, the issue related solely to the federal government's authority. Uh, it would leave undisturbed the various state policies uh, around the country that are quite different uh, with regard to masks and uh, vaccinations for workers, for customers, and things of that sort. Uh, so it's not to deny the severity of the problem if they said, well, Congress hasn't delegated this authority uh, and it belongs to the states. States are alert to what's going on. Uh, and if Congress wants to amend the statute, if they think the federal government needs to be more muscular in its approach, it can do so. Uh, and process is very important. Uh, precedents can lead well beyond this particular uh, situation with COVID into other areas where presidential authority would not be so clearly, at least some uh, sense, urgent. You agree that states across the country are already engaging in these issues and there have been uh, across the country where we've seen rulings in favor of the mandates but we also have seen rulings in favor of religious freedom uh, and that it is obviously obvious that the states have far more power than the federal government on these issues and these issues are already being decided why would you need um, the Supreme Court to be involved uh, at this stage, Bruce? Well, that's really the question. The Supreme Court is involved. The Biden administration has asked it to be involved uh, because uh, the lower courts have uh, questioned whether or not President Biden had authority to issue this OSHA rule. Uh, so that's the reason why the case is at the Supreme Court level. Uh, your question kind of raises the possibility that the Supreme Court may come back with a majority asking the same question you did and said, well, the states are clearly addressing this issue. It's a high priority issue for every jurisdiction. Uh, and if the Congress feels that it needs even more power, it needs to reenact a broader statute. Obviously, the statute that's being relied upon was enacted 
decades ago, well before COVID-19 entered the scene. Uh, so that's your, what you stated really is an argument very strongly against what OSHA has done here. And it say it doesn't mean it'll leave the American people helpless. It'll mean that they'll be looking to their state authorities uh, to come up with an optimal approach to the COVID issue. Um, Kavanaugh and Gorsuch challenged them on the major questions doctrine, which would require Congress, Bruce, to weigh in on matters of such significance. What do you think their point was in, induce, in introducing and discussing the major questions doctrine? Well, uh, the court has said, you know, that you, you don't um, hide an elephant in, in a mouse hole, uh, and that if there's a decision that's made that has an enormous impact nationwide, you'd be loath to conclude Congress delegated that decision without the clearest express intent. Uh, it would do so with much greater clarity than is in the current OSHA statute. So that's, uh, it's, it's because of the financial and health impact of the decision having such huge uh, consequences with very high magnitude that would cause the court to say, would Congress really want to give this vast uh, swath of power to the executive branch? If it was to do so, wouldn't it speak with greater clarity? Justice Samuel Alito, um, Bruce, who is a reliable conservative vote, pushed Prelegar uh, in a very interesting way on the question of whether the vaccine poses a health risk. Even as he stressed that he was not disputing that the COVID shots had been, had been deemed safe and effective, but he asked the question of whether or not um, it poses a health risk. Well, certainly I think uh, there have been cases where those who had the vaccine did have devastating side effects. I think some of them have even died because of the side effects. Uh, that may well be true of most vaccines. Although uh, my experience with the polio vaccine is that we didn't have any uh, collateral damage, so to speak. But he's raising a legitimate question is that vaccines don't have any hazards for anyone. Uh, and wouldn't someone who is uh, subject to that hazard have a, a right to stay in their job? They're not uh, transmitting the virus uh, and uh, not accept that risk to their own health. So he's underscoring, I think, in some sense, the fact that the science here is not like the science we're accustomed to receiving with regard to polio vaccines, mumps, measles, chickenpox. Uh, it seems to me obvious that because the approaches are so balkanized, not only in the United States or throughout the world, that itself is an earmark of a lack of consensus as to about what is the science behind uh, the virus and how best to deal with it. Uh, and when you have that lack of certainty, uh, you ought to be uh, more reluctant to issue mandates. Now, finally, Bruce, before we just say goodbye to you, the conservative justices did show more sympathy towards the mandate for federal workers, federal contractors. Uh, well, I think um, what the court was saying, and most all of the justices agreed, if the federal government has money and they're contracting with you, uh, they have a right to tell you what terms and conditions you need to meet if you want the money. 
if you don't want the money, then you can do what you wish. Uh, and that that's kind of standard with regard to any kind of contract. It's something you would engage in or me if I have a contract with somebody. I say, if you do X, you know, I'll give you so much, so many dollars. Uh, and the court seemed to be sympathetic with the idea uh, that the HHS, the uh, medical, the federal medical community did have the right to ask those contractors if they wanted the federal money to comply with the vaccine and the, the mask mandates and other health elements uh, trying to minimize the risk of COVID. Uh, and uh, they didn't have to take the money and they could continue without following uh, these requirements. And I believe that will be a sustained uh, element in these two decisions. Thank you for listening to this week's episode.